The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones. John Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world famous Jonesy and Brown show. I am John Brown. That is Mike Jones. Uh, we're talking. We are getting together on a Saturday morning because we both stayed up to watch the Phillies on Friday night. Can I ask you a question, JB? Sure. What's up? Is it me? Or did that feel like the longest nine-inning game watched all season? It it truly did. It felt like it felt like old old baseball. Not and not like in the before sense, the like pitch old, clock. And yeah, before the pitch. We have truly been we have truly been spoiled by these two and a half hour games, these mm-hmm. less than three hour games, because last night. Game started at 8.07. It was close to midnight when that game ended. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. It's like I remember remember texting you at 11 o'clock saying this game felt long, and it was the seventh or eighth inning. Yeah. We were already at at the three-hour mark. Yeah, there was still another hour of baseball to play. Mm Mm-hmm. I was – good friend of the show, Javon Alford, made a comment on Twitter. Just about the whole the whole concept of bullpen games. Because it just seemed to me like back in the day, back in the day, you go into a series. Uh I just a playoff series, a playoff baseball series. Back in the day, you would go in and you would have four starters. Maybe. There were teams that would go into the playoffs with three starters, and they would just pitch guys on short rest. And that was all saying back in then. That's true. That That is true. That's real true. Um, They're not throwing guys on short rest anymore. No. But and, and I most guess, of these teams, it's weird. A lot of these teams don't have three, four true starters either. So you know you're not pitching guys on short rest. But you also aren't bringing in the extra starter. Yeah. Which brings about the bullpen game. And I guess for me, I I always thought of bullpen games as like a last resort. Like some at some point you gotta throw one out there just to, you know, just to reset mm-hmm. things. I never thought I would see a point where you're having bullpen games. In a playoff series. So, next question. With the bullpen game, for the Phillies especially, you're paying for starter money. One of them touched the ball, has not touched the mound this postseason. Taiwan Walker has not touched the mound this postseason. But he's being paid like a starting pitcher. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that at all. 
I don't get that at all. I'm if there was if there was a game. Uh, if there was a game where you thought you would see a Walker and even a Lorenzi. Now I mm-hmm. understand that man, that man came in and hit the the highest of peaks. And then that's slowly, standard too high in Philly. Yeah, like, he should he should actually work his way into like, yeah, like no, that, came out. no, that man came in and <laughs> first start was masterful, second start was a no-hitter. Was a no-hitter. So you just we I shouldn't even say you. It, it was definitely we. We thought we had ourselves mm-hmm. a ball player. Like Dombrowski then went out here and just found, he just stumbled himself into a gem. We're going to be good. And then the rest of the season happened and he kind of just. But my thing was, I thought the problem that Lorenzen had was that he wanted to be a starter, but the pitching coaches that he had, the staffs that he was working under before thought he was more of a relief pitcher. So if we're now coming to the point where it's like, okay, we don't want to have Lorenzen in our starting lo- starting rotation, are you now mm-hmm. telling me that he's not good enough to at least – he's not – not only is he not good enough to be in our starting rotation, he's now not good enough to even be a reliever? So because – to me, the money that we're paying Walker to sit on the bench is one thing. That's the obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, that, to me, it, like, that that speaks for itself. You're paying this man money to be a starter, yet he hasn't sniffed the field. I mean, there was... He might as well not even change his clothes. There was a point this season where I believe Taiwan Walker was leading the majors in, in Winthrop. Now, great, it was was not always pretty. Mm-hmm. He often would give up those three four early runs in the cell and just work his grind his way through the rest of the day. That's got him to win. And I, so with Walker, that's my feeling. They don't want to risk putting themselves in an early hole and then having to have him work himself out of it, as, as has been the case in many of his starts. Mm-hmm. Lorenzen. After the no-hitter, we started to see some decline in his performance mm-hmm. that made us think, okay, he'll be available as a long reliever or something in the postseason. But those two guys, I I don't know what we're getting out of those two roster spots at the playoffs. Right now, you're not getting nothing. Before we even mention, this is before we even mention Craig, Craig Kimbrell right now. Craig Kimbrell, he got when when, when Craig, Craig Kimbrell his his walk up music should be uh, in the club by Fifty Cent. <laughs> uh, specifically, that part, damn homie. In high school, you were the man, you're the man homie. homie. What happened to you? Like in the first half, you were the man, homie. You, you, once upon a time, Kimbrell coming into your game was automatic. He was that guy. This year, before the All Star break, he was that guy. These and last then games of Kimbrell have been painful. Mm hmm. 
painful. I wanted him nowhere near that game. Now, it's, and so if not Kimbrel, who do you then who close out game? But but to Sir me, Anthony, it's like, Sir Anthony is struggling. So that leaves you Alvarado, Soto, Hoffman. The three of them, basically. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, it is what it is. I don't mind a closer by committee. Like, hey, man, you know, go with your gut. But your Just gut can't Kimbrough. tell you Kimbrough. Your gut can't <laughs> tell you Kimbrough anymore. Go with your gut until it says Kimbrough, and then go with somebody else's gut. <laughs> your gut can't say Craig Kimbrough anymore. At, at some point in time, if I may use the if I may use the phrase that I hate the most in sports talk, it's time to see what we have in Walker and Lorenzi. Time to see what we have. You should know by now, but the fact of the matter is, just like you said, you're paying Walker to be a starter, and he has not sniffed the field. This is now the third playoff series that the Phillies have been in and Walker with the exception of celebrating with his teammates has not been on the field all right so the first round the wild card round it's only two games Philly swept mm-hmm. it you weren't supposed to see Walker in that series of course yes yes obviously second round divisional round that one ended up going four games there was opportunity to see Walker in, but wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Then you get to this series, the NLCS. You're in a game five, you're 2 2. Theoretically, you should have thrown all four of your starters at this point. You threw three starters who pitched all three of them very well. Yes. Even even Ranger in the loss in game three pitched very mm-hmm. well. It was the bullpen that let that one go and the offense only scoring one run. Their three but, starting pitchers have all pitched well throughout the playoffs. Absolutely. I, I have no issue with Wheeler. I have no issue with Nola. I have no issue with Suarez. Correct. Those three guys have done mm-hmm. more than enough at this point. Yes. The bullpen. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot that can throw gas. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, that's another thing that's bothering me. When they use the kid Kirkerin, the kid has 97 plus fastball, and they won't let him throw it. They're calling slider, 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 slider. Mm-hmm. Let the kid throw the gas. See if like speed somebody's bad up, then come back with the slider. And but actually let the kid pitch. If you're just throwing all sliders, the batters are gonna sit there and sit on all sliders. And that's what they've done for two straight games with him. Correct. And that's I'm what they did for two straight games. And you I'm sitting there, there screaming, watching. watching guys foul off foul ball, foul off the slider or take. And I'm like, throw the heat, throw the gas. Throw the game. But how much of that how much of that do you think is a, a lack of faith in his control? Because you saw a couple of times where you saw a real 
uh, Real Muto's uh, glove placement. He's calling for the ball over the plate. It's still blowing away. Mm -hmm. So how much of that do you think is is how their their approach with this kid and it versus this kid's control? Well, seeing as how we hadn't seen any control issues prior mm-hmm. to these last two games when they stopped letting them throw the fastball, mm-hmm. I think it's something that just the game plan is not comfortable for him. The approach yeah. they're using is not something that helps him get settled in and feel comfortable on the mound. That is what I'm seeing because mm-hmm. – this is a kid who, at every level, when you have that kind of gas, you're you're being told to throw it. Yeah. Definitely. And now it's basically been taken out of his golf bag. Like the driver is gone right now. <laughs> you know, he coming off you're the right. tee with the coming off the tee with the putter or the five iron instead. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the driver? You're right. You're right. No, you're you absolutely know? right. Where's where's the fastball? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's that that's coming from the manager or JT when he's calling the game behind the mound, but you got to let the kid pitch if you're going to put him out there. Mm-hmm. How surprised are you that the last two games went the way they have? Because it seemed like the Phillies were on cruise control after the first two games, especially game two where they jumped out us when they jumped out seven nothing. Mm-hmm. Game three, I was not extremely surprised. They still pitched well. They still only gave up two runs. It was just a matter of the bats weren't doing what they needed to do that night. Mm. That's going to happen from time to time, especially you're going against playoff teams. These are the best teams in baseball. You're not just going to sweep. These are good teams. You're not just Mm -hmm. coming through blowing everybody out every night. Mm -hmm. Game is first game back in Arizona after – like they needed game three after the way they looked mentally de- defeated at points in game two. Mm-hmm. I expected something, you know, I, that's why I predicted Phillies in five from the start. Game four is the one that surprised me because when the Phillies got that lead, I expected them to be able to put that game away. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Back-to-back nights, Kimbrell hasn't been able to get the job done. Like, yeah, Kirkering had me nervous, walked in a run, but it's still 5-3. You still got a two-run lead at that point. Mm-hmm. Got out the inning, and that's when you need Kimbrell to be able to put the game away for you. So that one, that one was the one that was a little more surprising to me. <sighs> Now the the Phillies are in a situation where I don't want to say must win because mm-hmm. coming back to Citizens Bank for two, the game six and seven in Citizens mm-hmm. Bank, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum in the past. This home field is real. Yeah, definitely. But you don't want it to go into a game seven where anything can happen. Uh-huh. So what you want to do, you want to go out in game five. And if nothing else for this team's comfort, for the, for their own mindset's sake, 
you want to see the Phillies win this game, game five in Arizona tonight. Lost two of three, but at least you got one. Come home still with the series lead, still feeling mm-hmm. like you're in control with the last two games at home. However, if you lose game five, you come back to Philly down 3-2, then guys start might start looking a little tighter, mm-hmm. like they're th- thinking a little more. Because yeah. at that point, you're facing a situation where even if you're at home, one mistake could cost you a chance to go to the World Series. Yeah, I guess, and to your point, to me, that that is what makes what makes Saturday night a must-win for the Phillies. Because if you go back to Philly on Monday down 3-2, then I think it's in your mind that anything can happen in Game 6. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have the look like you go up, you come home up three two, and your citizens back is kind of like a security blanket. It's for a security blanket. Like, yes, it's like, like hey, oh yeah, we're good. Know, we got let, this. Your confidence is high. Yeah, and it's like in the back of your mind, it's like, yes, we got this. And if anything funny pops off, we still have Game Seven at Citizens Bank Park. Mm-hmm. You come back down three two. Not only do you not only do you have the chance of losing, uh, excuse me, uh, of of losing this series, but you're losing at, in front of your fans, the fans that they have been touting all season. Oh, ba- Philly has just been different. Philly has just been a vibe. Look at these fans. Look at these fans. You know, and, and that has been and, and that has been true. These fans have been yes. have been along for the ride. They've been, and it's because I I think honestly. You know, Philly, the city of Philadelphia as a whole has just has, has, has fought that stereotype and that imagery for years. We know this. We we both know it to be a little bit exaggerated how how people come up on come down on Philly fans. But I think you are see, you are seeing just how much of a baseball town. Philadelphia is. And I think that's kind of understated because we all know that the Eagles run this city. They do. And rightfully so. And rightfully but so. But is, Philly is still. This is not our first time seeing this. Like, no, no, no that, it's not. But it's that like. Run from 07. Like people always start yeah. in 08. But, but it, that run really started in 07 when they made the playoffs through. You and I know this. But it feels like. Even though that was that was what fifteen years ago now, when it's, that run started, ten years when it went when it ended, we went through these same conversations. Then people were shocked. No, oh, these fans, like no, Philly oh, loves Philly, Philly loves lo- their baseball team. It's like yes, the baseball team just in the hundred plus years of existence has made the playoffs less than twenty percent of the time. Yeah. They haven't given us a lot to cheer for, but this team, this this city loves their baseball team. This is a sports town. Mm -hmm. You know, for the most part, we are going to come out for every team. Oh, this is the sports town. We will come out for every team. Every team. The Sixers are winning. We'll come out. The Flyers are winning. We'll come out. The Union are winning. We'll come out. We'll come out. out. Yes. Yes. If if the Wings were winning, we'd come come out. out. When the Philadelphia Soul was winning, we, we came, came out. out. But it's like, but but nonetheless, that puts the pre- that is what makes tonight a must win game because you do not want to come home on Monday 
and risk losing this series, a series you were up two games to none, mm-hmm. a series where you've you've had dominant pitching, at least three quality starts. Mm-hmm. And you got to be on high alert because you've seen in the in the ALCS, which is a day ahead on mm-hmm. pacing. Yes, that Texas yes. started out being up 2-0, and they're down three two now. In fact, Texas, if if anything, you're sitting there looking at Texas. They jumped out 2-0, winning the first two games in Houston. Mm-hmm. They came home. And haven't won a 2-0. game. And haven't won a game. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. If that's ever a team, there's no way you can tell me that the Astros are not in the Rangers' heads. You come home for three. Three games, mm-hmm. up 2-0, and at you home, lose all three. And, you don't, and you don't win any of them? Now, gr- oh, now granted, the home field situation is reversed, but you don't, want that situ- you don't want that mindset where you've lost three straight and mm-hmm. it starts to feel like a slump. Yeah. As hot as the t- this team has been this mm-hmm. entire postseason, you lose three straight and it feels like a slump. A slump, yes. We've seen what this Phillies team looks like when they're in a slump. Mm-hmm. That that spells bad news. In the it spells bad news because it, it it works its way all the way across the board. The hitting that has been clutch mm-hmm. starts to get desperate. You see, see people start to see guys chasing stuff mm-hmm. that they exactly. shouldn't be chasing. The patience Oversw- at the- over swinging like there was a bad at bat and. Game three, where Castellanos swung and almost fell over from overswing and losing his balance. Mm -hmm. And that only becomes more and more exaggerated if this thing starts continues to go on and you lose three straight. uh, Do you agree with the mindset that uh, Alec Moam needs to be moved down in the lineup? Can't have him hitting behind Bryce Harper anymore? If they had stopped com- pitching to Bryce completely, mm-hmm. now granted the last the last game they didn't give Bryce much to hit. Yeah. They they didn't intentionally walk him, but they walked him on purpose. Now, granted, I I, I know that doesn't make any sense what I just said, but no, if I, you watch, no. but if you watch baseball, you know what I meant. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an intentional walk, but they walked him on purpose. Four they straight. Hey, they weren't straight throwing him strikes. All outside, all outside the zone. See if he chase. He wouldn't chase. And so, it does put pressure on Bohm to produce. But Bohm has also been one of your most consistent hitters all year. Outside of the fact that. He will hit into the double play because he hits balls on the ground sometimes. Mm-hmm. He has, like, he's been the one guy this year who hasn't shown a lot of slumping. He hasn't always been red hot, but he hasn't gone ice cold this year either. Mm-hmm. So, from that sense, I get why Thompson is reluctant to move ball. But that being said, 
probably time to move Castellanos up. Yeah, you'll shorten you'll shorten your lineup from the sense that okay, now we get to the seven, eight, nine spots, and we're probably we could probably count on no production. Mm-hmm. But you at the way Bryce is hitting, you got to protect him. Yeah, definitely. You gotta definitely. you gotta force them to think twice about just walking Bryce because. If Bryce could see pitches to hit, Bryce has been, and I tweeted this out last week, the way Bryce was looking at the plate, I hadn't seen a player that locked in. Whereas from the standpoint, oh, you gave me a good pitch, I'm going to make contact, and it's going out. Mm -hmm. I had not seen that at that level since Barry Bonds was playing. Yeah. Bryce, oh, Bryce was batting in the playoffs at that one point four fifty with multiple home runs. Like I said it myself, other teams should stop pitching to him at that point. Mm-hmm. Not that I wanted to see that happen, but you just knew it was coming the way this guy was locked in. Yeah, and so if the the guy coming up behind him is for lack of a better term, a hole in the lineup, what would you do? No, I wouldn't Not pitch to, I, I, I wouldn't pitch to uh, Bryce Harper. Exactly. If there's an empty base, I'm putting Bryce. Hey, man, don't even come to the batter's box. Let's go to first base. Right. Just leave, stay, man. Save that, yourself the steps. Leave your helmet. Leave, <laughs> Matt, leave your bat, all that <laughs> in the dugout. Yeah, just, just put the just, just put, put the, the sliding, uh, just, glove just put the sliding on. man on the board, man. Go straight to first base. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. We don't exactly. even have to play this game. Exactly. All right. Well, before we move on to Eagles, real quick, what is your prediction for tonight? What is your prediction for Saturday night's game? Well, like I said, I originally had the Phillies at five, and I still have the Phillies winning. Mm-hmm. Last night's loss just means I had to add on the game, so I got Phillies at six. Oh, so you got them winning tonight. I got him winning tonight, and I got him winning Monday. Winning on Monday. All right. All right. I, I am with you. I, I am with you. They win tonight. They close it out on Monday. Let's let the, let's let last night's game be their uh be their wake up call. Got Wheeler on the mound tonight. I think I think Wheeler sets everything right with this bullpen. Gives him a nice long alley. Let me get let me get seven solid innings from Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And let's let's get these bats going tonight. So yeah, so they win tonight. They went on. They went on Monday. Next week's show, we uh we finally get Renee Washington back on the show, and we talk World Series. Sounds good to me. All right, all right. Oh, we got to move on to the Eagles, though, man. Eagles coming off a of, uh, for the first time this year. You and I get to talk Eagles after a loss. You, you need a moment. I'm looking at you right now. You, you're looking right, kind of stressed. Do you need a moment? I understand that as we record this podcast, it is, you know, a little early in the afternoon. But it's five o'clock somewhere. Do you, do you need a drink or something? So we 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 haven't talked this week, have we? 
No, not really. No, not I mean, well. We 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 text back and forth, but we we haven't done this <laughs> this week. Mm-hmm. Which means we have not done this since the Eagles played the Jets. No. That was an abomination of an offensive showing from the Eagles and against the Jets. Mm-hmm. It like literally an abomination. You're up 14-3 in that game mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. You don't score another point. Well. Against a team that has their top three corners out. I'm listening to the broadcast and I'm hearing guys talk about Jalen Hurts is carrying the offense, but that's not what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. I was seeing Jalen Hurts having to do a lot with his legs because he's bailing from the pocket and not getting the ball out on time to guys in rhythm. He would want to oh, there might be pressure. And I saw a couple times where it was there for him to climb the pocket, sit in as a passer. Instead, he's sprinting to the sideline to his right, cutting off half the field and not making the best throws once the ball came. Yeah, Devontae dropped some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, AJ gave up on a route that should have been a touchdown. Yeah, that one bounced out of Goddard's hands and turned into an interception. Like, there's a lot of blame to go around. Swift Mm -hmm. fumbled at the end of a nice run where we're rolling. Swift fumbles one. Like, there's a blame to go around. It's not like it's all on Jalen. But that was the worst performance I've seen from Jalen since he was a first-year starter. Yeah. His second year in the league, but his first year as a starter, that he did not look like he was seeing the field well at all to me. Mm-hmm. That will not, will not, under any circumstance, get the job done against Miami. No. And see, we talked about this before. Like the Eagles offense, in my opinion, regardless of all the weapons and stuff and on the outside, it goes when they play physical smash mouth football at the line and establish the threat of the run. Mm-hmm. Late into the fourth quarter in that game, your leading rusher had eight attempts. DeAndre Swift had eight attempts late into the fourth quarter of that game. That is not enough. I get it. You see their corners down. You see our receivers and you think, oh, yeah, let's throw it all around. Let's throw. As much as we love Jalen Hurts, he is not Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. He is not the guy who you want throwing the ball 45, 50 times. That's just not that's just not who he is. Mm hmm. We need to get back to 
and I and I keep, and I keep wanting to make be, make sure I'm clear about this because I'm not saying the Eagles need to be a 55 percent run team, but I do think they need to be a 40 45 percent run team, and a large chunk of those runs can't just be at the end of a game when you have a lead. You have to honestly stick with the run game because that makes the, all the other run action stuff work. Mm-hmm. If they know the QB's keeping it, they know he's not handing it off, <clears throat> the rest of the stuff doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what last week turned into. If you do that against Miami, you'll lose by 30. In your eyes, how good is Miami? Are, are they as good as advertised? As long as two is upright, they can score points on anyone. Mm-hmm. Defensively, yeah, it's possible to score against them as well. But you'll have to because they can score points on anyone. Two has been get two is not Aaron Rodgers in his prime. He's not Joe <laughs> Montana. <clears throat> but what he is is a cured quarterback that knows how to play with multiple weapons. That's not a new thing to him. Mm -hmm. He understands the concept of I've got great playmakers, get them the ball and let them go. Mm -hmm. That was what he did at Alabama. When you have three, four first-round receivers all out there with you, you just get them the ball and let them go. Miami's offensive weaponry is reminiscent of what he had at Alabama. You got multiple guys that can't be covered. Not one-on-one. So you get them in space, get them the ball, and let them run. And Mike McDaniel is a genius at getting his blood receivers into space. You're going to need to see Sean Desai make an adjustment with his coverage this week, you're going to have to bump these guys mm-hmm. within five yards and break up their rhythm because their their <laughs> offense is predicated on timing and getting the ball out quick. You can't exactly. let these guys have free releases to come right at you five, ten yards down the field. And that's the, and, and that's the Eagles' Achilles heel. Right. Quarterbacks that can get this ball out quickly. When you're mm-hmm. not being it, you know, they – the Eagles' defense predicates itself on getting to the quarterback and on doing and not it with up the big, not giving up the big play, not giving up the big play, and rushing for. They don't blitz a lot. They don't try to blitz a lot. They believe that they mm-hmm. can do it with their front line, and they have a lot of success with it. And, but sometimes you got to be able, you have to be able to deviate from that plan. But that's the thing. I'm okay with only rushing four. I'm okay with not blitzing a lot if they're getting home with the four. But you have to disrupt the receivers' timing. You cannot let guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have free releases off the line. Mm -hmm. If guys with that kind of speed get a free release running straight at this corner who's standing 8 to 10 yards back, he's he's beat by before the receiver even gets to him. Mm -hmm. Someone's looking at this like, oh, touchdown, here we go. Because he had a free release. You know, once Ty- what are you gonna do with Tyreek Hill once he gets up to speed? Watch him cook. 
Exactly. Oh, you gonna watch, watch him <laughs> stroll into the end zone? But you watch so, him score a whole bunch, uh, score a whole bunch of points. So you have to be disruptive at the line of scrimmage with the receivers. Yeah, that's what I that's what I need the Eagles to do. We're, the injury report is clean at this point. Jalen Carter's back. So that will help your front four get pressure. Slay is no, back. Slay is back. Yeah, I, I, I did not. I, I've been looking for that one. Yeah, Slay. Every, like the injury report is fairly clean. If it's not somebody who's on the IR, they're mm-hmm. expected to play. So how confident are you? I'll be honest. I, I respect this Miami offense. If the field, if the Eagles' offense had been playing to its potential so far this season, because the defense has, believe it or not, been playing fairly well. Mm-hmm. So if our offense was consistently playing to its potential, I'd be pretty pretty confident. I I would give it a 75-80% if we were playing to our potential. With the way our offense has been looking, I kind of think it's a toy coin toss game. And I'm I wouldn't say I'm at a point where I think the Eagles can't win, but I'm not putting any money on the Eagles either. <laughs> no, I Last last week was pretty was about as bad as last week was as bad as it's been all season. Mm-hmm. Offense looked completely disjointed. Looked like they didn't know what didn't know. It didn't look like they knew what they wanted to do. And that's part of what's frustrating because it's obvious what they have to do. It's not rocket science and they have the dogs to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you sit there and you see, all the attention that they get for the quarterback sneak, and then they get into a game and they never have to run it because they were never they, they were, were never, never short on, yardage. They were never in short yardage. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Because you're Part dropping reason, back against a team with against a team like the Jets with a very good defensive lo- line of their own that's able to get off the get up get after the quarterback. You should be in a situation where you're looking one two three get the ball out. Mm-hmm. Hand the ball off, hand the ball off. One, two, three, get the ball out. One, two, three, get the ball off, hand off. But we're taking these elongated drops and then Hertz is holding on to the ball back there. Guys like Quinn and Williams get big money because they're good at football. <laughs> they will come get you. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, Imagine that. <sighs> So you have a uh, you have a score for this week. Let me let, let me pull out this week. The official Jonesy and Brown. What what, what are you saying? I, I... Thirty eight thirty four. Ooh, thirty eight thirty four Eagles. Thirty eight thirty four. 38-34, Eagle. Come on, man. We we say who we want to win, man. I know who I want to win. I want the Eagles to win. I... 
that's who I want to win. If that's what you're, who are you call who you're making? A, it's called a prediction, brother. Who are you? Pre- I don't feel good. I don't feel good about this week. All right, so 38-34 Miami for Mike Jones. I I think the defense shows up. I think the defense does what it has to do. Still not sure about this offense. So that's why I am saying 24-17 Eagles. Oh. That's a low-scoring game for these two yes, offenses. Yes, yes. I, well, here's and, the thing. Which is honestly the only way, in my opinion, the Eagles win this game. Yeah. I think, slow the game down. I think the Eagles slow down Tua, but I don't think Jalen Hurts lights it up. But yeah, in my, yeah the, that's probably the way the Eagles would have to win this game yeah. by slowing it down some, keeping, yes. it, in, keeping yes. it in the 20s. Yes, I, I, I think they I – th- I think I, I predict they learned a lesson. I want to see a lot. I think we'll we see a lot of Swift Gainwell. They dig out Boston Scott from cold storage, and they run this rock. I think they do slow down. Uh, they they slow Mister Tua down a little bit. So that's why I'm going twenty four seventeen Eagles this week. That's what I, I hope see. you're right. I hope I'm right too. I hope to come back next week and say, JV, I was wrong. You were right. You that's how I want that's how I want to start the show next week. Let me tell you something. That could be exactly the score. And you wouldn't start the show that way. (laughs) The Eagles could absolutely win 24-17 on Sunday. And you'd be like, hey man, we didn't do predictions last week. Oh, come on, man. I, I'm good for some accountability. Please give me that. We'll see next week. <laughs> we will. We will see next week. Real quick, before we get out of here, though, uh, Sixers concluded their preseason. Joel and B got on the court, scored 20 points. Um, I, 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 you, this you, is, you had to start talking Sixers, didn't you? Well, look, man, we've – this is you, look. I, I'm trying to go for the. I'm, I'm going. That. I'm going. I'm going for the hat trick. The Phillies talk didn't start out well. You were mad about the Phillies talk. Went to the Eagles. You were mad about the Eagles. Bad news always happens in threes. The Flyers actually been playing good hockey, so I didn't want to go to them because that would mean you had to start with uh, with some good news. So nah, no, I'm, I'm mad at that team. too. What'd you say? I'm mad at the Flyers winning too. Why are you mad at the Flyers winning? Because they should be. Because this is supposed to be the one time where they actually have a plan to go full rebuild, and they start off winning games. <laughs> like you can't tank, right? Can't even tank, right, man. But but real quick, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm sitting here and it's it's playing the Sixers season. I understand it's 82 games, a lot can happen. It's preseason. You know, you got to temper what you put into everything. But I feel like this is shaping up to be more the same. Mm-hmm. Like, as as it, currently it, constructed, you're a team that loses in the second round. Yeah, and, but and, I, and I like some of the pickups they made. I like the addition of Kelly Oubre. Yes, they're, they're a team that loses in the second round, but they're going to be a team that, that will win – 
consistently in the regular season. Yeah, they'll win 48 to 53 games. And yeah. They're they're going to win games in the pre- a, they're going to win a, games in the regular season. You're going to think, hey, maybe things could be different. Yeah, and they'll be a top four seed. They'll be a top four seed in the East. They'll win somewhere around fifty games, and then they'll lose in the second round, mm-hmm. unless yep. we fix the point guard situation. Yep. So until that happens, that's where I am on the Sixers. Yeah. 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 Hey, real quick, uh, uh. Crazy trade that that, that that someone had talked about. I wanted to get your opinion on it. James Harden for Kyle Lowry. Send him to Miami. Get Kyle Lowry back. Kyle, Kyle Lowry's not a, a difference maker anymore, but he's a point guard, a veteran point guard. Who, who's a good decision maker, willing to move the ball and play with the team. Yes. You lose tap. You lose talent, but I think you're a better team. Okay. If, you, even uh, at, even at Lowry's age, it's not like your Harden's playing defense either. Mm-hmm. So, it like, yeah, you're not as good. You're not as talented if you make that move. But I do think it makes you a better team. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the first move I would want to make, but I definitely look into it. Yeah, especially but, since Miami is in the East, and sending them Harden would likely hurt their chances in, in the playoffs as well. Is mm-hmm. the style that Miami likes to play and that Miami team is effective playing mm-hmm. doesn't work with Harden. No, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, uh, that is a move I'd look into. Okay. There you go. Well, there you have it. You tell me, would you make that move? You tell us. All right. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Jonesy and Brown or at bitwsports.com. I'd have to ask this question, though. Uh-huh. How much time How much time does Lowry have left on his contract? Oh, goodness. Because if it's more than one year, I don't want it. Oh, I don't know. If it goes beyond this season, I don't want it. Mm, okay, no, that's a good point. I'll look into that. I'll look so, at that. So yeah, that would be the that would be the major sticking point for me. Like Lowry's contract, how many years are left on it? If it's an expiring deal, I'll do it all day. Okay. If okay. it's a if it's a multi year commitment, uh, I got to uh, think twice about that. Understood. Okay. Okay, my hear you. My hear you. All right. Once again, subscribe and download to this podcast at bitwsports.com. Hey, you guys, thank you for checking out the Jonesy and Brown show. You enjoy all the sports that you watch. Um, Big Penn State versus Ohio State uh, this week. Uh, that's going right there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's that's a thing. That's that's what I'm about to do. That's that's my Saturday afternoon. About to fire up the man cave, put on a couple of games eat some chips and watch college sports and maybe do some more sounds like a plan alright my dude that is Mike Jones over there I am John Brown thank you for listening to the Jonesy and Brown podcast remember check us out at bitwsports.com check out the the, the broadcast uh, we're on um, chilygoflow.com Saturday mornings at 5am Sunday mornings at 4 a.m. So if you just can't sleep or you just up really, really, really early, you can listen to your 
underscore Josie and Brown. Y'all have a good weekend. We out, y'all. Peace. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. 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 Brown.